Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm Regina Lawrence, your host. I'm a lawyer turned soulful business strategist and transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community, All The Things Business. I've created a community of women who can truly be all the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be a person that societal norms dictate anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can be whoever we want to be, and that person can be all the things in one. Each week, I'll bring you episodes where we dive deep into business, entrepreneurship, and a whole host of topics to help us dive into who we truly are so that we can really be all the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hey guys, I know that starting a business can be really complicated, confusing, scary, and there's so many moments when you're starting your business or when you're pivoting your business, you feel really, really confused and like you have no one to talk to. I totally understand that because when I started my coaching business, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I tried a million things and I would hit dead ends and I would just try and try and try and try. Luckily, I was able to figure it out, but I had to take the long way. And that is exactly why I am the business coach that I am, because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried all of the things, and I know what works in creating, scaling, and pivoting your online and coaching business. If you are needing a friend, if you are needing a coach and somebody to hold your hand through this crazy process of growing your business online, schedule a free 30-minute virtual coffee chat with me. Go to my website, reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat, and we can hop on and talk about one particular issue in your business that you are struggling with right now. And by the end of that 30 minutes, I promise you that you will have a solution. Once again, it's www.reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat. I cannot wait to talk to you and help you unravel anything you are struggling with in your business right now. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of All The Things Podcast. I am your host, Regina Lawrence, and today we have another guest back on the podcast for a second episode, my friend and girl, Heidi B., the relationship expert and coach. Heidi believes that true love and intimacy are accessible to anyone. She has a voice of compassion and what often feels like a sea of aggression for women who habitually hitch their wagons to the wrong men. Girl, you know my audience. We've all done that. Heidi helps her clients identify destructive patterns of behavior, unpack them on a microscopic level, and face them with fierce honesty. Heidi was on the podcast before. If you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to the episode. It is so good. It is so fierce. She is so honest and loving and truthful, and she cracks my shit up. Heidi is also an author, published author. Um, Her book is amazing. Her storytelling is so fucking funny. And today we want to do a little bonus episode for the month of February, the month of love. And I come to Heidi with a lot of questions and a lot of things that I've been thinking about and what she has been thinking about in the relationship space. So enjoy this episode. I love you guys and I'll see you next week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this bonus episode of All The Things Podcast. This is our bonus Valentine's Day episode, and I'm so happy to have my relationship coach, guru friend, 
Heidi B back in the house, baby. <laughs> hey girl, how are you? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for sharing your platform with me again. So excited to be talking love dating relationships all around Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh, me too. I'm so excited to have you as a part of this series I'm having this month of amazing relationship coaches and therapists come in and share their genius. So we're so pumped to have you back again. Awesome. So before we started recording, I asked Heidi the question, like, what are the hot topics or the things that you are thinking about? And something that came up in our conversation, Heidi, was about why settling in relationships is a bad strategy. What has been coming up for you lately or with the people that you are working with around settling in relationships? Well, I think this is such a valuable thing to talk about because obviously when you say like, don't settle, everyone's like, duh, of course I wouldn't settle, right? In the most obvious sense of settling, most of us, once we're beyond the age of like 17, we stop settling for someone just to like have a partner on Valentine's day or just to like have a person to be around, right? Like once we reach some emotional maturity and we experience some growth, we think that we've stopped settling because it's just not quite as obvious. So one of the things I realized as I move through this, and especially as we come up on these holidays or we come, you know, and having just come off of like the trifecta of like, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, all that stuff, where it's like, people end up in these relationships where they find themselves that they they find that they've settled without even really realizing it right so it's like it happens kind of subtly one of the ways i was thinking about the way that's the one of the ways it happens so subtly is like we get afraid to say no early on Mm-hmm. This will definitely resonate for my people pleasers out there, my recovering codependents, where it's like, say you go on a date with a person and they're like, and you're really not feeling it, but they are jazzed on you, right? So yeah. they're like, oh, you want to go out again? I'll pick you up on Saturday. It'll be great. And you're like, okay, right? But you mean to say no. Mm-hmm. What you should say is like, oh my gosh, I'm so flattered that you asked. Thank you so much, but I'm just not interested. I don't think we're a match. Like, I don't think we'll be going out again. But instead of saying that, because we never practice saying that, it doesn't come easily. It's it's scary to say. Sometimes we'll just go, okay, great. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> right? And now all of a sudden you've committed to a second date with a person you don't really care that much about dating. And then like it becomes harder and harder to break it off, right? So before you know it, you spent three months, sometimes six months, nine months dating somebody that you didn't even really want to go on that second date with, but that you continue to kind of talk yourself into like, oh, it's okay. It's it's not that bad, right? Like I don't ever want any of you listening to be dating somebody who you're who you're thinking about. You're like, not that bad. Like, no, you should be thinking like, I want to get down with this guy. I think he's amazing. Like, I want you to be so hyped on the person you're dating. I never want you to think like, "Eh, it's not that bad. It's all right. You know? So I think that we just kind of subtly start to settle in our relationships um, because some of us struggle to say no in the very beginning when we should have. I love that you're thinking about this because I've been thinking about this from a little bit of a different perspective. I've been thinking Mm -hmm. about how when we settle in relationships and we just take the thing that's there, not necessarily the thing we want and deserve, Mm -hmm. we are sending out an energetic ripple into the universe, which Mm -hmm. affects all areas of life. And I've been Mm -hmm. thinking about this personally. I just ended Mm -hmm. a relationship. Actually, the last time you and I podcast together, that's right. Nine months ago or so. Mm-hmm. And I told you I was, da- I started dating the guy that made me dinner. Mm-hmm. And so I ended that relationship. All right. I ended the relationship because 
we were not boyfriend and girlfriend title official, but mm-hmm. we had the conversation. We were not sleeping with other people. We were not dating other people. We were, I mean, that's pretty exclusive. We were exclusive. So the title of boyfriend, girlfriend, I don't care. It didn't matter mm-hmm. to me. But mm-hmm. what I was feeling in the relationship was because I wasn't his quote unquote girlfriend, mm-hmm. that I was not getting a level of respect and appreciation mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. wanted. And so I sat with it and I was like, if you're energetically accepting less and settling in this situation, you're triggering and saying to the universe, you deserve less in areas. You, you will accept less. Mm -hmm. You will Mm -hmm. accept less in Mm -hmm. your business. You will accept other areas of life. Yes. I totally agree with you. I think that when we settle in one area, we, it's like how we behave in one way, one area of our life is how we behave in all areas of our lives. Right. So it's like, if we settle when it comes to love, we'll probably settle when it comes to a job, we'll probably settle when it comes to our family relationships and our friendships. And one of the best tools that I think, uh, one of the reasons I think we settle, like I said, first of all, I think sometimes it kind of sneaks up on us and we settle without even really meaning to. But I also think another way that we end up kind of caught settling for somebody is that we don't have a lot of clarity around what our ideals are when it comes to a partner or to a relationship. So one of the, I think we talked about this last time, but it is a tool. I'm always banging the drum on this because it's such a good tool. Plus you can always revise it is I always suggest that all of my clients have an ideals list of their ideal partner before they like really get serious about dating again. Cause it's like, look, if you're just going to date to like go to dinner and get down, whatever, that's fine. But if you're dating to be in a relationship, there's like a different strategy. And part of that strategy is having an ideals list and being committed to honoring it. Right. So, you know, it's like that way it tells the universe, look, I'm willing these are the things I'm looking for and I'm not willing to accept less. And so if somebody doesn't meet these things on my ideals list, I'm just going to be able to, instead of saying like, okay, to a second date, I'm actually going to say, oh, to myself, it makes it easier to say like, I'm clear on what I want. And this person doesn't meet that. So I need to honor myself and say no to this second date. And yeah. then we can say like, oh, you know, I think we're looking for different things and we're not a great match. So I don't think we should go out again. It just gives you that kind of decision-making tool that makes it so much clearer and so much easier to kind of separate out who's a good partner and who is not a good partner. And so having that ideals list in, as you head out to dating is really important, but I also think it's really good to have one of those while you're in a relationship. Yeah. So not only should I, do I think you should have one when you're single, but when you're partnered with somebody, I think it also makes sense every couple of months to go, what do I want my ideal relationship to look like? And am I embodying that? Does my relationship honor that? So in the case of your last breakup, it's like you wanted an an acknowledgement, a recognition of your status as partner. And I think that's valid, right? Like, especially when it comes down to like, I don't understand the, the, the like unwillingness to do that when you're already girlfriend in action, like you're exclusive, you're sleeping together, you're spending a lot of time together. So why the resistance to labeling it. Like, I think it's important to honor what it is. And so in a relationship, you got to look at your relationship ideals, one of which includes being honored, being acknowledged as a partner. And you weren't, you found that your relationship wasn't honoring that. So it's like, okay, now it's time to reassess this relationship. And sometimes that means we walk away. Sometimes it means we just have like a difficult conversation around like, Hey, there are some things that I really, that are important to me when I'm in relationship. One of which is being really acknowledged and seen for the partner that I am. I don't feel like this is honoring that right now. So how can we, how can we change that? And I think that when you're in a relationship and you're doing that reevaluation, that is the part that people are so hesitant to do because it's to the end of the relationship. And that scares people so much. Like I, even, 
not even just with this, but like any change of you as a, of, a, of us as people, people are so afraid to change or are mm. afraid of change in their partner because they're mm-hmm. afraid that like that change is going to lead to the end of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like so many people stay in denial around something because they're like, once we know it, we can't unknow it. Mm-hmm. Right. So once you know, oh, I have these ideals for my relationship or I have these standards around how I want to be treated and the relationship I'm in isn't meeting them. Ugh. Now we have to have a difficult conversation about reconciling those things. And yeah. people would rather just pretend it doesn't exist. And then, you know, a year later, throw a grenade in the relationship and explode the whole thing. Then like have that difficult, some people would then have that difficult conversation in the moment when they come to realize the thing that they can no longer not know. Oh, I've done that before. I've oh, done me it. Too. I've had the conversations through the relationship, but I've also done it where I tried to avoid it. And then all of a sudden I was like, I hate you. <laughs> and like, I'm fucking out. <laughs> it's true. I call that throwing a grenade on any on the relationship, right? Because it's like we deny, we deny, we deny, we suppress, we suppress, we suppress. And then you explode because you can't, you can no longer deny what's really going on. So a lot of times if we're willing to have some difficult conversation through the relationship or through the dating process, we get to either walk away with grace and dignity and trust that like, if this is meant for us, it will come back to us. Or we get to stay and know that like we got, we actually leveled up in terms of our intimacy because we had a tough conversation and we got through it. And that's one other thing. I think that people, you know, idealize intimacy as like long walks on the beach, picnics at sunset. And it's like, no, no intimacy is like, I believe that true intimacy is really built in the trenches. When we are willing to surface with somebody we're dating or surface with somebody we're in a relationship with and say like, uh, this is, not going how I thought it was going to go. And we need to talk about this. And when we can get through those tough conversations together, now we've like, we got like a level up. We turned into like fireball Mario because we had like a new, we had a new understanding and awareness of each other. Oh, fireball Mario. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> Bring me back. No, it's so true. The other thing that you and I had chatted about before mm-hmm. we got on together today was practicing the things that we are learning and that we are Mm. constantly a work in progress in Mm. our dating life. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So one of the things I think we're going to talk about it, or I think we've talked about it before. I wrote this book, right? It's called Relationship Ready, How I Stopped Fucking Randos and Start Cupcaking My Soulmate. And all of my shit is on blast in that book. And I was thinking about it as we were coming on, coming on to do this interview. And I'm like thinking like, you know, I like dated a guy who stole my car, got in a bar fight, and then went to jail for two nights because of it. I moved to Denver for a guy who offered to cook me breakfast once. I, I dated men who were in relationships. And I think the whole time I thought to myself like, oh, I'm doing hot girl shit, right? Like this is, this kind of chaos is hot girl shit, you know? And, um, it, it's not hot girl shit. It's wounded girl shit is the reality, right? So it's like. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I need, I I do need TikTok to do like a wounded girl shit thing. And I'm not TikTok prominent enough to do that. But the point being that, you know, I had some wounds that were really driving my behavior and driving my patterns around like the type of partner I was choosing, the level of availability, all of that stuff. And so of course, once I got enough pain around it and in the book, I talk about how I like really bottomed out with it. Of course, when I got in enough pain around it, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this work. I'm going to do all the writing, give me all the worksheets. I'll do the workbooks. I'll do the class. I'll do the thing. I'll do the therapist, like all of this stuff. Now for me, I am like a recovering perfectionist. I love, I love that A plus plus. Yeah. Give me that gold star. Tell me I did it right. 
Tell me I did a great job. Give me an A plus plus. Yes. I mean, I am like on team A plus plus. So it's like really comfortable for me to learn. I mean, as comfortable as it can be to learn all this horrifying stuff about the way that I chose partners, how old these patterns were, where they came from, how they served me, how they no longer served me, all that stuff. But then all of a sudden I had like kind of, I didn't like maxed out, but I had reached this point where it's like, okay, now you've learned all this stuff about yourself go practice. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, what, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. cause I'm like, but I'm not healed. I'm not better yet. I'm not better yet. And it's like, no, there is no point where we learn enough about ourselves to be like better. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole point of this is that we have some awareness of our wounds, that we understand what kind of wreckage they create for us in our relationships and that we learn how to move forward in a different way. That is actually how we practice and become healed by making different choices. But so many of us um, would like to know that we're like, that we've checked all the boxes, done all the work and are now like officially healed or like sanctioned to go on to this next level. And it's like, it's not exactly how it works. No, and it's also like, because our early experiences shape our later responses, Mm -hmm. that trauma goes really deep. So like, literally, this is so true. Every time I start dating a new person, Mm-hmm. I have to start reading Melody Beatty, Codependent No More Again. Yes. Oh my God. It's, well, that's such a good resource. It's my Bible. And so I start to feel it in my body. I start mm-hmm. to feel the chaos and the anxiety mm-hmm. and the codependency and the, mm-hmm. wait, why haven't I heard from him? What's happening? Mm-hmm. And then I start to make up stories in my brain. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a false reality you're, you're creating. You need to read Codependent No More Again. And then I have to mm-hmm. go back and read that and journal and put my tools into action. Yes. But like, I, uh, and that's probably going to be the rest of my life. Different things are going to trigger me. I'm going to probably be married and have moments yeah. come up where I'm like, oh fuck, I'm taking past trauma out on this person because I'm in this new space of life. Well, one of the things I think that you make such a good point about is being able to feel it in our bodies. That is like such a good, cause like our brains are so good at convincing us that what we're experiencing is reality. When mm-hmm. in actuality, it's a projection of our past trauma or it's something that, mm-hmm. you know, we're taking out on our current partner from old stuff. So it's like our mental state, our brains convince us that this is reality, but our bodies can remind us like, oh, that I think of it as like, I get um, kind of like a frenzied, like, like, <laughs> I almost feel like I feel like I'm vibrating beyond you know I've, I have a pretty high vibe anyway but I feel like when I am activated in that way it's like <laughs> I'm, the same, I'm the same way I have to like work out sometimes to like get out yes. I gotta move the energy somewhere yes and it's you know and it's like I can't return text messages fast enough I can't like I am like really so for me it's like oh when I when my body's giving me that signal it's a pretty good sign for me that I need to pause I need to pause. I need to do nothing as it relates to whoever it is that's, that I'm having that frenzy around and like go work out or go try something new. But the thing is, is that it's like, one of the things that's really incredible is that having these tools like Melanie Beatty's work, or, you know, having done some workshop or workbook work around patterns and stuff. It's like, I can go back and look at that stuff and go, okay, how did I used to respond to this? What does that get me? Okay, what's the opposite? Like, how can I, you know, sometimes it's just easy to be like, well, usually I will engage with this person over text message frantically for an hour trying to convince them of something. Okay, I'm not going to do that. So the opposite of that would be to like shut my phone off, put it in like a drawer. I mean, God forbid we shut our phones off these days, you know, but like shut it down, put it away and like go for a walk without it, you know, or whatever. So it's like, 
but learning to it never it still doesn't automatically come to me right it's like but it comes more quickly these kind of acting in an opposite way or you know acting in a contrary action it comes more quickly today than it used to and it's like oh that's how i and i only get it to come faster that way because i'm committed to practicing it and it's like supremely uncomfortable i think um one of the things that's so strange about establishing new behavior patterns is like the old behavior patterns even though they cause us a lot of pain in the long term in the short term they feel really good because we're used to it mm -hmm. you know so it's like oh sending those text messages back oh i'm doing something this feels good mm -hmm. new behavior patterns in the moment they feel shitty because it's like oh my god all i want to do is text them back but i'm not going to text them back i'm just going to sit here i feel so uncomfortable but in the long term, we usually get relief. Totally. I've gotten really good, better at sitting with whatever's coming up and just mm. feeling it and being like, where do I feel that? Where do mm. I feel it in my body? I mm -hmm. also have gotten really good with the texting. Mm -hmm. I will write out everything I want to say in a yes. message just in a note on my phone. I'll mm -hmm. write it out. I'll write it out. I'll write it a few different ways. I'll get it all out. Yeah. And I won't send it. I'll just sit. So good. Perfect. Yes. Like a, a great tool. That's a great tool. Um, like some therapists call that a no send letter where like, it feels good to just actually like furiously write it on pen to paper, sending, writing it out in a um, notes app feels good. Sometimes like if you have a good friend who wants to know your business <laughs> and doesn't mind holding space for you and you trust, sometimes you can send that to your friend, right? You can actually type the, the thing out and send it to your friend. So you can get the satisfaction of sending it to somebody. Oh my it God. <laughs> me, me and Kiki send mm -hmm. our messages back and forth to each other. And I'll be like, this is what I want to say. And she's like, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't send that, did you? And I'll say, no, no, just you. I'm just telling you, that's what I want to say. She's like, I wouldn't say that to anyone ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's what friends are for though. Right. And I just, I think that is such a valuable tool because it makes you, cause you get to feel like the self-righteousness of writing it out and especially a words you know you're a lawyer so you're a word person yeah. right so especially those word people out there that just like feel really good when they can like kind of just eviscerate somebody with like a tirade it feels good to like write that out and like get that release <laughs> that frustration release that self-righteous anger and then to send it to a friend so you can giggle about later it does get scary like i don't want you to accidentally send it you know sometimes we send texts to the wrong people and that oh can be my god marriage, but <laughs> like a week have you ever done that Oh, well, you know what I have done? I've done that. I, I haven't done that in a long time, sending a text mm -hmm. to the wrong person. But what I have done is I've screenshot a conversation I've had with like the, mm -hmm. a guy I went on a couple mm -hmm. dates with. Like recently I went on a couple dates with a guy from my gym and he ended mm -hmm. up being like a gaslighter to the uh, Like, nope, but I, bye, I, bye, bye, bye. I learned it within like a week and a half, two weeks. Uh -huh. and a half, I learned so it. good. So, so good. good. But I, um, screenshot one of his crazy messages and I meant to send it to Kiki and I sent it to him by mistake. Oops. And I was like, I was like whatever, oh, go fuck yourself. Whatever. I don't care. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <You're> crazy. <laughs> you know what though? You make a good point, which is that all of this practice of trying new behaviors, of dating in new ways, of of all this stuff, it really gets us to this place where we can identify it's like, look, we're never, I mean, I can't guarantee that if you do all the work that's in relationship ready, or if you do all the self-development work, or you do all the therapy, like nobody's going to be able to guarantee that you're always going to pick great partners, right? Like that would be awesome. But like, I can't guarantee that. But what I can guarantee is that you will be able to identify bad partners faster 
So you can like in the entrepreneurial world, we talk about failing faster and just like getting back up. Right. It's like, Oh, awesome. So in 10 days, you discovered that Mr. Jim rat was a nightmare and you got to say goodbye to him. And now you get to go date somebody. You can like, you can just get over it more quickly. Right. And in the, in the past, you might've spent like six months chasing that guy. I would have. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have dated him. It was funny. The first weekend I hung out with him, it happened to be that all my friends were around for the weekend, Uh but there was also a lot of tequila consumed Mm -hmm. by the group. Mm -hmm. And he got, he got really dramatic. And I said, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because Mm -hmm. of the fact that we were drinking. But if something like this happens again, Mm -hmm. like, don't, don't tell me twice. Right. Yeah. And within, within less than a week, I was like, Oh, there it is. Good work. Bye. Good work, Regina. That's uh, that's like such growth because there's a time where I would have chased a guy like that because I would have been like, well, I can make him like me. I can make him be different. I can fix them. We just won't do this. I would have started doing all the manipulating and all the controlling. And it's like, no, this is so awesome because when I when I've done the work and gotten the A plus on the worksheet, and then I go out and practice in real life, I get the opportunity to really step into my power to go. This is what I value. This is who I am. And if you don't align with me, like. I'm sorry. You can't roll with me. Bye. Mm -mm, I know, you know, we get that kind of confidence and, and that also comes from just like not settling right over and over again. We go, okay, I'm going to assess like how we fit together. I'm going to assess our compatibility and get a little information about you, see how you are. And like, if you don't fit me, like if, if you're not able to like meet me in these places, then like, I'm sorry, it's not that you're bad or I'm good. It's just that we're different and you can't hang with me. Now, now, okay. So you've been married for how long? Um, married since June of 2018. So like two and a half, two and a half years. Okay. And then how long have you guys been together? Since 2014. So six years. So this many years into your relationship, Mm -hmm. you find that you are ever triggered by things that make you have to go back to your, your old toolbox. Oh God. All the t- oh my God. Yes. Okay. So one of my, to be completely frank with you, one of my deepest wounds is some, I have an abandonment wound from um, both my parents, really. Uh, my mom had a suicide attempt when I was 17 and my dad drank himself to death by the time I was 28. So he was really never there, um, like fully present. I didn't grow up in a home of neglect, but I just grew up like very over-responsible. Okay. And very like adult. I mean, I definitely identify as an adult child of an alcoholic. So anyone out there listening, there's like some great literature on that, whatever sidebar. So I, that stuff, I have done years of therapy. I've done tons of personal development work. I just, I really, it really comes back for me to this idea that I'm going to be abandoned and that no one can be trusted, that no one can be fully trusted for me. It manifests as being hyper vigilant. I'm very vigilant about time. I'm very vigilant about like reminding my husband about stuff that he's like, I don't need to be reminded. Like, he's like, I'm a grown man. I don't need to be reminded about that. You know, I get very managing and controlling about all kinds of weird stuff because it's just how my, like, I got to take care of myself stuff shows up. So the big practice that I've had to do in my relationship is to learn to trust. And part of that for me, I've kind of come down with this like mnemonic of like things that I think the the two things that I think a relationship is really built on long-term sustainable relationships, I think require resilience and reciprocity. Okay. So it's not really a a mnemonic. It's just like the two R's of relationships. So resilience means I have to learn that like I, I have chosen my husband. He has chosen me. We've made a commitment, but even before that, when we were dating and we were serious, we were exclusive, we were committed. I had to really lean into and start to accept the idea that 
our relationship was resilience. That one little fight wasn't going to bust us up, that a disagreement was not the end of the world. Because I came from a place in my own life where if we had one disagreement when we were dating, I would like say, fuck you. And then I'd move to like another state. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like, that's how conflict diverse I am. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> rather than rather than run into an ex somewhere I'm like oh I'll just pack up my stuff and leave this state and go somewhere else <laughs> right so I really I had to do tons of work about learning that like some learning to trust a partner who was saying to me I'm here I'm in it to win it I'm in here for the long haul like I I love you even when you're jealous or when you're feeling threatened or when you're feeling less than you know then the other thing I had to learn was this idea of reciprocity which is that like we can both come to the, come to the surface and face one another and talk about what we need to talk about. Because again, I would much rather just like push it down, pretend it never happened and do like some extra chores around the house. Yeah, <laughs> like fun. I'll like make you a nice dinner or like make sure the dishes are done yeah. rather than talk to you about like, wow, this was an uncomfortable moment. And like, we need to like, we actually have to go through the love, the intimacy level up, which I'm like, Oh, yeah. always dragging my feet on. So yeah, that stuff still comes up for me, but knowing that I'm in a committed relationship and really having some awareness of my own wounds, this abandonment wound and how it still kind of crops up for me. And knowing that, you know, these two things, reciprocity and resilience are required for this long-term relationship really have helped me move through that. And then like, you know, I continue to, to discuss with my husband, like, he knows about my, my stuff, you know, and I know about his stuff. And, um, and we just keep having this kind of open dialogue when we have to. And honestly, for me, it's like my ego and pride get in the way. I don't like that. I don't want to have to say like, well, I've got an abandonment wound from 30 years ago that I just can't fucking get to go away, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I do usually end up saying like, I wish I didn't feel like this. Or I'm, you know, I really, I'm embarrassed that this is how I feel, but here's how it is. And so anytime that, you know, I always encourage people to give themselves permission to, to say that, I wish I didn't feel this way, but here's, here it is. Yeah. Because sometimes wishing we didn't feel that way is enough for some of us to keep it to ourselves. Yeah. And so if you can just use those words to give yourself permission to put it out there, like do it. Kiki and I joke with each other all the time. I mean, we're joking, but we're kind of serious. We always say like, <laughs> I understand, like rationally understand this, but I just, I don't want to feel it in my body. I'm so tired <laughs> of feeling my feelings in my body. Or I'm like I understand what is happening with me and this man, mm -hmm. but in my body, I actually said this to a guy recently. Yeah. I hooked up with this guy and he had this like weird thing about sleeping over, like mm -hmm. me sleeping over. And like, I don't like yeah. to sleep over guys' houses anyway, but the fact that he yeah. was weird about it, he was like, oh, like my kids live here and I never have women sleep over. I was like, okay, fine. So mm -hmm. I leave. And he calls me that night and he's like, I felt like you were weird about that. And I yeah. said, I'm going to be really honest with you. My brain understood exactly what you were saying. It didn't feel good inside of my body. Mm -hmm. It didn't mm -hmm. feel good to me. I get it. Yeah. It didn't feel good. And he was well, like, and like, huh. One of, I think that's so, that's like a really important like awareness because sometimes, sometimes those things don't, it's like, we think that just because we get it means it has to feel good. It's possible that we get it and it still doesn't feel good. Right. Like yeah. that's actually, I think a pretty human experience to like logically understand what's going on, but like, wow, it really doesn't feel good. I really don't like it. I think there's, there are some coping tools that we have as codependents where it's like, oh, if I, if I get it, then I should feel okay with it. And it's like, 
no, it's actually totally fine if like I get it and I, and I don't feel good about it, but then like I get to make decisions with full awareness of those things. Yeah. Of how it feels in my body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's good stuff. Yeah, totally. I love that. that. Having you on. I'm so glad (laughs) we got to do a little Valentine's day quickie. Oh, my pleasure. You are just such a dream. This has been fantastic. I have loved, I love coming on your show. I love having you on. I'll have you on again soon. We can talk about more things that are coming up for you and in your coaching. Um, Can you remind the listeners where they can find you and how they can connect with you? Yes. I'm on Instagram at Heidi B coaching. Um, You can find me there. When you find me there, you can click my link tree and find all the stuff, but you can also find me online at HeidiBCoaching.com. There are so many ways that we can work together. I have a book that's available in paperback, Kindle, Audible, so all of those. I have an online course for $97. It's a five-module course of the Relationship Ready Program. I offer one-on-one coaching for clients, and then I also have a group coaching container that I run with Kendall Merritt, our mutual friend. She and I run that a couple of times a year, so you can always kind of keep your eyes open for that. Yay! Heidi B, I love you. Ah, I just adore you. I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. I will, no matter where I'm at or (laughs) who I'm with. (laughs) You know what I'm doing? I'm ordering one of those heart-shaped pizzas. I love a heart-shaped pizza for Valentine's Day. And I'm not even, I'm so basic. It doesn't even matter. I I love love a heart-shaped pizza. I love it. I would love to eat a heart-shaped pizza and watch reality TV. Ah, what are you? Oh my God. Have you been watching Bling Empire? Done. Done. I'm so into it. I actually know one of the guys on it. No, you do not. Because I I was thinking- the hot, Asian, the hot Asian model, Kevin, is from Philly. No way. Okay, yeah. so a, a couple of things. First of all, that girl, Kelly, she needs a copy of my book. So I don't know how we're going to get that in her hands. But that guy, Andrew, every time I was watching episodes with them, I'm like, he's an actor. He's acting. He's acting right now. Acting. I know. We, we have to do an entire, maybe we have to do a whole different episode on Bling Empire. But I'm mad because I just finished it last night. So now I don't know what reality show I'm going to watch next. I finished it two days ago. I discovered it and like binged the whole thing while I was doing work mm-hmm. tonight. Ooh. I just followed all the cast members. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It. Okay. If you guys love this episode as much as we loved making it, please take a screenshot, share it in your story, tag me and Heidi B on Instagram. Also, if you loved it even more, please leave us a five-star review. I love having you guys and I will see you next week on the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, I would be beyond thankful if you would share this podcast on your Instagram story and share with me what about the episode with me or with my guests that you loved. Also, please remember if you love this podcast to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss out on all of the incredible guests and topics that we have lined up for you during this crazy year. And as always, if there is ever a guest or a topic or anything you would like for me and a guest to discuss, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Regina A. Lawrence. Lots of love, guys.